0: Hello and welcome to episode 96 of the My Fancy Zamboni podcast. We'll jump straight in with the good news. We are back out of IR troubles now. We are joined by a full roster of the uh, My Fancy Zamboni panel. Uh, we are ash down now. This is the it's PTO. is done now. So, um, yeah, I, it's the four of us this week. So we'll start with Dave. Dave, how is one? How are we doing? Not too bad, thank you. Glad to see um, yourself
1: and, and Gref back off the IR. Um Hopefully in the negotiation with Ash's agent, we'll upgrade his PTO contract, but we'll see. But no, all's well here.
0: Um, a little bit injury-free, I said a little bit. Um, but yeah, all, all's well. Good, good. That's what we like to hear, mate. That's what we like to hear. Yeah, we'll get in, uh, we'll get in contact with Ash's agent and, uh, and see what we can do. Um, we are also joined by the toothless wonder, that is, the man who was apparently also absent as well as me last week, uh, Mr. Gareth Dutton. Gareth, how are we doing, mate? i'm very well thanks joe how about yourself i'm very good mate i'm very good much better than last week um recovered for the weekend recovered for the week a four-day weekend for me as well mate i've got monday tuesday off so uh four-day weekend coming up when you've got to use your holiday days um before the end of april <laughs> and last but not least we are joined by mr andy stafford
2: andy how is one not too bad, thank you. Um sake like of asking, um how are you doing? No one know already. How are you doing? How's everyone doing? I don't even know how to answer that. <laughs> how are you doing? How is
0: everyone doing? We already know. How are we all doing? <laughs> <laughs> Which one do you want us to answer, mate? You've covered all bases at hand. All you? of them. Just go for it. I am swell. Good. Bit warm. Bit it is a bit warm today. Is, Honestly, yeah. I'm sitting in my office like what is going on? I'm melting well that is too much information windows open it's a bit clammy but yeah yeah we'll get there we'll get there we will get there and gents in fairness we're starting at a quarter to 10 which is an unseen thing for us we don't have the world's biggest uh agenda we might be done by 11 o'clock at this rate boys i mean i'm just gonna say guys one hour fifteen, one hour 16 last week joe no pressure no pressure no pressure let's jump straight into the scores then if we're going for that <laughs>
3: um
0: So, Friday the 15th of April, the Belfast Giants beat the Sheffield Steelers 5-4 in overtime in Belfast. Uh, The Dundee Stars beat the Five Flyers 6-0 in Dundee. Uh, Saturday the 16th, Belfast beat the Coventry Blaze 7-6 in a high scorer in Belfast. Uh, Glasgow won 7-2 in Glasgow against the Five Flyers. The Storm lost out at home 2-1 against the Guildford Flames. And the Devils took a 4-1 home victory against the Dundee Stars. And then on Sunday, the 17th, the Flyers took a 3-4 home loss against the Glasgow clan. Uh, Guildford won 4-2 at home against the Storm. The Panthers lost out 7-3 against Cardiff in Nottingham. And last but not least, the Coventry Blaze lost out 4-3 in overtime to Dundee. Um, highlight games, boys. and I didn't screw up the scores. so I'm moving straight on from that very quickly. Take the win, mate.
1: Um,
0: I'll take the Glasgow
1: 7-2 win against Fife. Um looks like a, a, a close first period. Uh, Matthew Waugh and Laporte giving Glasgow the 2-0 lead. Isaacs on the power play, pulling one back for five. And then Glasgow really up the ante. Stevenson with a couple. Gautier in the second. Matthew Waugh with his second of the night um, to make it 6-1. Gautier went 7-1 in the third. McNicholas with a consolation short handed goal to make it 7-2. Um, but giving Glasgow a little bit of form at the right time of year when they've not done much in the league and they're just hitting the right notes at the right time, I think maybe they're getting frustrated with the coach's excuses and interviews, so maybe they're really just starting to play so they don't hear whatever random stuff he says. But until hitting, next year. <laughs> until next year. But they're hitting form just at the right time. Just before the playoff start. starts. So, uh, well done Glasgow. Um, and commiserations to Fife for not making the, uh, the post-season. Yeah. It-
4: I'll start off with the Dundee stars against the five players. Dundee won 6-0. Dundee had in total 60 shots compared to 5-16 shots, which when you look at that, you're thinking, wow. What a way to end a Friday night. So, yeah, 6-0 to Dundee. From looking at over... The game centre results part. If you're a Dundee fan, it's great. You got a lot of goals. If you're a Fife fan, you didn't really have much to really look at. It was a, a penalty, 46 seconds in, a Fife, and then that was the only thing they got on the game sheet. Six goals straight away from Dundee. One in the first, three in the second,
3: and then two in the third guess that's a good way to start your preparation for the playoffs
2: speaking of dundee and a lot of goals um i've decided to go for the dundee stars coventry blaze game uh, with a 7-6 win for dundee uh, which pretty much secured their seventh place over coventry uh, a tying goal with 30 seconds left saw so dundee snatch seven place from coventry uh coventry led for most of the game after going to Herbst- after going ahead through John Curran. Uh, he also got his second a while later from a beautiful pass from Yanni Uh Charlie Combs put one back for the Stars and then also got his second with a tying goal. Dundee thought that has gone ahead very soon after, but the goal was called back for goal interference after the video review. He's got a laptop's out. Uh, denying Combs his hat trick at that point It's make matters worse for the Stars, an innocent Dylan Ickstack through on net was totally missed by Adam Morrison and trickled into the net to put the blaze back ahead. With 33 seconds left, Combs did hit his third of the night when he converted unmarked at the far post from Spencer Dorovic's pass. That point was enough to guarantee a star seventh, but they took the full two points when Philip Sarch set up Sebastian Bengtsson for the OT winner on a 2-0 rush. Yeah,
0: speaking of the Dundee Stars, and I, uh, no, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> no, I chose the, uh, I chose the Belfast, I may mean, even make Coventry in fairness, screwed that up completely. Uh, I chose Belfast v Coventry, um, in the 7-6 victory for Belfast. Um, straight away in fairness, goal for Coventry, minute 48 into the game, 1-0, scored by Connor Chalk, uh, assisted Dylan Eichstadt and, uh, Evan Bloodoff. Then we get Coventry going up 2-0, uh, 13.55 in the first, scored by Yane Kivalati, assisted Venus and Gibson. Belfast came back 2-1 through Cam Knight, uh, assisted Darcy Murphy and Griffin Reinhardt at 14.26. And the first period ended 2-2, and a goal at 17.49 for the Giants came from Slater Doggett, assisted Sam Ruop and Kieran Long. Uh, the second period started just as quickly as the first, really. Two minutes, 23 into the second, there's a goal for Belfast to go up 3-2. Uh, it's Jordan Boucher, assisted by Jeff Baum and Mark Garside. Um, basically two minutes later 24-44, it was Giants 4 um, Coventry 2 uh, Darcy Murphy getting the goal through Doggett and Cooper uh, And then 32-50 In the second um, Belfast Giants 5-2 uh, Mark Cooper assisted Slater Doggett And then again 34-13 uh, In the game, Tyler Soy uh, Scores through Carter Hamill and Jordan Boucher So at this point it's a complete blowout game For Belfast, 6-2 Um before the end of the second period, Coventry get back on the board through Nathan- Nathaniel Halbert and assisted Ferraris 6-3. Uh, that's at 35-11. Uh, and a second goal for Coventry in the second period made it 6-4 at 36-39. Uh, it was Ross Venus assisted Kivalati and Eichstadt. Uh, and then we go into the third period. Uh, it was a goal for Coventry at 45-47 to make it 6-5. Dylan Eichstadt through Mitch Cook and Yanni Larkinen. Uh, and again, 46-52. Coventry score again 6-6, Yane Kivalati through Venus and Rats. And then with 2 minutes 50 left in the game at 57-10 on the clock, Belfast Giants scored through Lewis Hook, assisted Ben Lake and Cam Knight uh, to win 7-6 in the game. Uh, That was also one that led to a controversial play, I believe, uh, which we're going to discuss in a bit through DOPS. Um, I mean, looking at the game, really bizarre. Coventry only had 21 shots on goal. So really strange to see uh, Jackson Whistle only making 15 saves in that game by the looks. Uh, I might have butchered that. Yeah, no, 15 saves, sound. Um, and then 30 shots on goal from Belfast. So a really quite low shooting game, considering that there were 13 goals across the board. So really strange. Um, almost kind of seems like uh, Coventry just need. You know, commentary were riding it out to um, well, end eighth and just clinch their their playoff spot. And Belfast, obviously, they've won the league. It didn't really matter to them. They've set a precedent already that even when it didn't matter to them and they only faced 21 shots and, uh, and conceded six, they still won 7-6 against the team they're going to play in the playoff quarterfinals. So, uh, yeah, interesting uh, interesting matchup, And, uh, yeah, high-scoring game. Anything else on the, uh, on the scores over the last week, gents? I'm seeing shaking heads. So we'll go through to Dops. Uh, and like I say, it's, it's back to this game again, really. Uh, Yane Kivalati's been suspended for an illegal check to the head uh, on the Saturday night game in Belfast. Blaze forward, Yane Kivalati made an illegal check to the head on Giants forward, Lewis Hook. I think it was as Lewis Hook scored the goal. Um, Hook collects a pass from his teammate in the slot while Kivalati tracks the puck through the end zone. Uh, as Hook collects the puck and takes a shot on net, scoring the game winning goal, Kivalati delivers a hit that cuts across the front of Hook's core, making his head the main point of contact on a hit where such head contact is avoidable. He's been given a one-game
3: ban. Um, What do we make of this one, gents? I'm going to give you the forewarning now. Gref and Andy are both on mute.
4: (laughs) Yep, we are, but I'm now off mute, as you can tell. Watching the video beforehand... Looks like he's coming in to throw a hit, and as he's coming in, hooks took a shot. Obviously, he's gone for like a a one-timer, where he's gone down on one knee, but just as he's gone down on one knee and let the shot off, Yanni's come in, and he's gone, oh wait, oh no, that's just, it's going to happen, pretty much, from watching the video a few times. One game for me, eh, fair enough. It breaks their curse, breaks their rules, their apparent rules anyway. Of giving two, but it's last game of the season. I guess that like, yeah, we'll just find you for one game. Miss the last, the eventual last one at home, and then you can play the playoffs next. Reading the the notes that they put on it. They put that while hook is turning slightly as he makes a play on the puck, he does not significantly change the position of his head or body prior to or simultaneously with the check in a way that significant contributes to the head being the main point of contact. I when you look at it, he's tur- obviously he's got he's watching the puck at all times as he should. His body's not even facing towards Yanni at one point and then. As he takes the shot, Yanni comes in. I, one game, I'd probably say yeah, that's that we should be fine. It helps towards as as well as the fine itself. That probably helps towards bunkers next weekend. So fair play to him. Shots are on them. Personally, yeah, I can't. That's like I can say, really. I think yeah. One game, spot And I mean, obviously you think, check to the head. past Over the season, you're thinking, okay, do that two, three? When you look at it, it's, I don't really think it's really reckless. One game, yeah, it's fine. You, you have to do something for it, because obviously you can't do check to
1: the head. So that's where I, I struggle to kind of... I understand, except... Kind of the logic you, you've gone with that, graph. I just Once you say, and you look at the, the, the season of so much inconsistency with Docksport, when they've constantly said, hit illegal hit to the head, you've had multiple games. Now, for me, as much as it's not a hit that has gone out to injure the player, but they always say there's no clean hit to the head. So I'm struggling to kind of say one game's all right. I'm, I'm probably thinking what you said with two, three games, only on the basis of what they've said and that, how they've gone throughout the season. The only consistent bit they have done all season as Dobbs, because it's been a car crash all season. I'm not going to lie, is hit to the head, illegal. We'll give you games. So I'm, I'm a bit. It just it feels like it's a end of season. We'll just give you something. Yeah, they've they've got against the rule of everything's two games. I just feel that uh, one game's not enough. Maybe Like I say, not 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 five ten fifteen no, nowhere near that, so it weren't reckless, but more than what they've given for me. I just, It's just... I, uh, they want to get headshots out of the game, and I'm not saying this is a headshot or a dangerous headshot, but you kind of can't go, well, that's a bit of a headshot, that's a lot of a headshot, it's either a headshot or not. And I feel that they've kind of slightly missed the boat on this one,
2: for me. I'm just surprised it's not... Two games as what they've been doing pretty much all season, uh, so that's quite surprising for me. Um, but I've, I've got to be with you, Dave. I mean, I, there's no clear cut between whether it's intentional or not. I checked to is I checked to the head at the end of the day, and uh, they all should be treated pretty, pretty much the same for me. Uh, so I can't really justify why, why would it would be one game. I know there's only one game left of the, um we can't even say season, well, playoffs really, before the finals weekend, so. Um, maybe they've done that just to not influence I don't know some sort of future decision decision in terms of who plays who but um, I don't know it, 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 it's a weird one um, one game certainly is not enough for me uh, as I mentioned before doesn't matter how intentionally it is or isn't for me it wasn't intentional at all uh, just pretty much bad bad judgement bad timing uh, doesn't help when um, uh, you it's just so hook, sort of getting a slightly, slightly crouched position and then goes on one knee to take a shot. Uh, I don't think Kivuati was expecting that. Uh, so he, he was just, he was just trying to go for the hit. But still, I checked to the head, Is what it is, and they should all be treated the same no matter, no matter what. So yeah, uh, I'd say that's two or three, probably two max, since it's been Doc's magic number, but on this occasion it's not, which is very strange. I'm going to seem really argumentative
0: here, but I don't understand the logic of you treat Ecek to the head the same, regardless of intention. That's the bit I can't follow. I think Yanni Kivalati on this one, I think it's a very innocuous hit. It's a standard defensive move. The guy's coming from slightly behind hook, and then obviously, like they say, he cuts kind of through the, through the back to, to the front of the shoulder rather than through the side, which obviously results in some contact to the chin. If he'd have loaded it up and hit him clean to the chin... Or he'd have hit him like Keaton Ellaby hit earlier on in the year when there was blatantly the head sticking out. I don't think we can say that should be dealt with on the same basis as a hit where the guy's intentionally aimed for the head. Like I, I agree there's no clean hit to the head, and I think he'd given him a game suspension, they've addressed that there's no clean hit to the head. But I don't think we can say any check to the head should be dealt with the same regardless of intention because this to me is not intentional at all. It's a guy that's come to make a hit on a guy that is in a scoring opportunity, which he clearly was because he scored. Whereas you look at a guy, let's say the guy loads him up on the boards where his head's sticking out and goes straight shoulder to head. There's significant intention there, there's significant intent to injure. And so that's going to be more games. So to me, I actually think they've hit this on the nail. I, I think they've hit the nail on the head. Hit this on the nail. God, that was going well. Um, it's a very very strange hit and that's that's the thing i mean i'd like to see an alternate angle of it because it's just it's just very bizarre in the way that the first time you watch it it just looks like a bit of a strange collision you know i had to watch it a second time or watch the second replay of it at least to actually see the head contact because the first time i watched it i was like i was expecting a good shoulder to chin you know guy standing there with his head sticking out a bit i was expecting a good shoulder lifted up into the chin there we go and this was kind of A defensive move that we'd see 10, 15 times a season. A defenceman coming slightly from behind a forward who's taking a shot and twisting. He makes a hit through his shoulder just to try and put him off on the shot. I don't even think he followed up on the hit particularly. There wasn't particularly any... you know, There wasn't wasn't a lot of contact. There wasn't a lot of momentum through it. And he didn't really follow it through. I think he just got unlucky with where he hit. And in fairness on that, on the basis of... He's never been fined. He's never been suspended before in the season. There's not really any intention there. I agree with you, Gref. I don't even think it was particularly reckless. I, I don't I don't see an issue with one game. And my other thing with it is, they're giving this discrepancy now, while Hockeys turned, as Gref read it out earlier, but while Huck is turning slightly as he makes a play on the puck, he doesn't significantly change the position of his head. Uh, but, 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 if Kivalati wants to deliver this hit legally, he must take an angle of approach that hits through Huck's shoulder and core rather than one that cuts across the front of his body. That's the first time we've had that discrepancy. That, 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 that explanation. That <laughs> We're literally like the last week of the regular season. This, this match, this match ban, is carrying out into the first game of playoffs. And we're just being told, at the, st- the end of the season, actually, any hit should be coming through the shoulder and core. You can't cut. How many times have we seen a player hit from, like, not behind, but hit kind of back to front up from the shoulder? This is not the first hit we've seen all season where the player cuts across the front of the player, and all of a sudden we're getting this discrepancy, this this explanation, I keep saying discrepancy, we keep getting this explanation now of you can't do that because it's making the head the key point of contact. I I, I guarantee you this has happened earlier on in the season, and I guarantee you there's been a similar level of head contact before. I must admit, I'm with you in the context
1: of the description. It's like, why now? Why at this point of the year? And I'm yeah. adamant that we will have discussed Dot bans uh, and other hits that would that will have of a, a similar nature in respect of what they should have done and everything. And they only wait now. That's I suppose it just adds to the charm. How's, well, we'll go charm to be nice with doc, but how docs has just not been effective. Um, yeah. And yeah, you can't compare this to the Ellaby hit, for example. I get that bit. You can't. I suppose where I'm coming from is if you use the words "illegal hit to the head," that has its own bracket. and Everything is the encompassing and I suppose that again it comes where everything's been two games, everything's been two games, everything's been two games. It realistically weren't the games could, could have been four or five. Could have yeah. been, should have been more. If we're, if we're yeah. honest, I think we said multiple number, um, and then this would have felt it, it falls into place if that makes sense. Yeah. So, I mean, if they're going to do that next year, as actually give descriptions of what they should do,
0: superb. You yeah. know, seven eight months late, but hey ho, better late than never. This is where I think it gets. I mean, I agree with you. Like in, in terms of, I mean, we've we've had two matches for pretty much everything this year, and it does seem a bit odd. And as I say, when I first saw illegal check to the head, and I saw that followed up by one game, I was like, really? <laughs> We've seen two games for everything, and we've seen an illegal check to the head and two games. But then I watched the video, and for me, that was the point where I was like, all oh, right, no, okay, I understand that. But it's difficult, because it, the thing is, like you say, the, the actual the incident, as the, you know, the, actual, the penalty itself of an illegal check to the head carries so much more weight because of the potential for injury. But then the other thing for me is I, I can't see this being more than a game, but I also can't see an illegal check to the head being more like being less than two. And that's that's the weird bit. But then also then we can't give this a different penalty. <laughs> we yeah, can't give it as like an illegal check through the shoulder. <laughs> it just,
1: I think it's a lot of pots of what Gref was saying, what you said, and we've all kind of it all mixed in and it just blurs every single line that's available to define what this is. Hmm. It'd like be I'd say, an if, interesting if,
0: precedent if, if this happened in the first game of the year. That oh, would have been that would have been bizarre.
1: But actually, I, I mean like, you know, if you give this if you say legal check and it's one, and you see someone like Eleve, which was an illegal hit to the head, yeah. and you go one, And it, it, it's, I suppose that's I, I suppose where the crack's been fell is the, the lines of what is, what's two games, apart from everything, what's more, <laughs> it, it's just the the lines have been so blurred. It's, I think that's where Dops has failed badly
0: this year. So... We've spoken about inconsistencies all the way through, and I, this, if anything sums up the season for Dops more, I mean, I, I, I'd i be baffled if we were talking about Dops again be, before the end of playoffs. Like, I can't imagine we're going to have another Dops incident now. I mean, I, I really hope, <laughs> because we, we've talked about it too much at times, but if this is the way that Dops cap off their season, is there a more... And I'm, I don't even mean with the way they've dealt with it, but the actual whole incident is a great. Like I say, if you watch it, you think maybe yeah, one game, but then you see checks at the head, and you think no, that's got to be two or three. It
3: just it just perfectly encompasses the whole season for Dops. Yeah. Uh, yeah, got
2: to agree with everything there. Um, I basically meant is is in the reason you know two games just seems to be in the baseline. No, no matter, um, how bad previous checks fans have been, it's just always been two games, like, sort of minimum. I think I, I was meaning, um, more along those lines of some sort of minimum sort of ban, but like you've mentioned, l b uh, and, and others this season deserved a lot more than what they got. And again, this is just the inconsistency, inconsistency that, um, you know, just shows there's no right or wrong answer really anymore because even Dops don't really know what to what to give for these bands because um, majority has been two games, um, like mentioned. You know, it just seems to be the baseline for everything. Uh, and I think the fact that they've given they waited all a season to then bring just give one game for. I should have said, which wasn't you know in, intentional compared to the ones. It's just that it's been so long uh, that they have just sad to give less than two games now. It's it's, it's, it's just strange it is a bizarre uh, the whole thing is just
0: strange like I say I think the whole thing is a perfect summary of, of the season but who knows honestly who knows we'll see um, it means he's available to play in game two of playoffs you could take the sceptical side and say like you say Andy that you know it could be a case that they want, didn't want to give him two because then that would probably be a season over I mean if anybody can honestly see Coventry turning over Belfast in the quarter finals I'd, I'd be amazed to hear that they do you know, was this the league also going two games over at the end of his season? Skeptically, you could say yeah. Personally, I don't think so. Personally, I think that watching the video and looking at solely the incident, I think one game's fair, but I agree. It's just such a strange... Such a strange one. Have we got anything else on Yannick of gents, or are we good to draw a line under it? Yep. Yeah. So, I'm going to throw this out to someone else, because I don't think I've got the article open, but the next thing on my agenda is... Team GB, as we've got the Team GB roster confirmed now. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, Pete Russell, he's finally picked his team. I
1: weren't expecting it to be picked this early, I'm not going to lie. I expected it next week. Um, I appreciate that normally they pick it before the last warm-up game, so people have a chance to mech the the squad. However, the 25-player squad for... Uh, GB that's heading to Finland. In goal, it's Bounds, Headley and Whistle, obviously um, alphabetical order. Defence, Batch, Clements, Jones, Mosey, O'Connor, David Phillips, Richardson, Tetlow. Forwards, Betteridge, Conway, Sir Ben Davies, Rob Dowd, Duggan, Hammond, Hook, Lackovich, Lake, Myers, Cade Nelson, the son of Corey Nielsen, that's a surname badly, but never mind. Uh, Brett Pellini, Jonathan Phillips, who should be captain, and Josh Waller. Um, that's the squad. A couple of uh, left field. One that we, when we put our 32-man roster together, we said, no, not a cat and else chance. And, uh, yeah, he's on the plane to Tampera
0: in Lakovic. But, uh There's also one that we all said we thought was going to be on there that is not on the flame. And I don't think I'm the only person not disappointed by that. Yes, the shock. The big shock. And it's not
1: Ferrari not making the the squad. It's Manchester's own. Alex Earhart. He's not on the roster.
4: You also miss Brett Bellini, by the way. I'm sure I mentioned him, but if I didn't, apologies.
0: He was too caught off in the fact he said Cade Nelson and then Corey Nielsen. Yeah. And Corey then, Nielsen, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I say wrong? <laughs> so, so
1: we'll start with that left field pick of Cade Nielsen. Um, I mean, when we put the 32 together, we mentioned a few youngsters who we thought could make it, may make it, go around with And experience. As it turns out, I thought one of us mentioned it. None of us mentioned him. So, um, But Gref, you mentioned his scoring stats this year. Um I suppose, in that respect, it's a a fairly decent pick. Yeah, definitely. I mean,
4: 58 games in the NAHL as an assistant captain for the Aberdeen Wings. 58 games, 75 points. That's 26 goals and 49 assists. What a great start to go to the World Champs before he then goes off to the NCAA.
1: A I a mean, great choice. you can't when you look at the stats I mean you read you know social media forms and you' are like oh has daddy picked him and you look at that and you go actually no that's it's, that's probably a fair shout especially in a league that will be quick and at the top level you need to be quick um if, i don't know if I'm the only one who thinks this uh not making the twenty five and just being on reserve I find that baffling I would have had Ferrara in the team. Guys, what do you what do you think? I certainly agree I would have had him in the
4: team. But uh, depending on how Oli Betridge is, I guess he probably will take that spot. Yeah, there's <clears throat> at least one player that we all thought should not have been on that squad. But um, I think when the squad got announced, we were speaking in the I said group chat and we were like, he's been pit for experience. Which, when you look at some of the players out there, you're thinking, yeah, fair enough. Especially with his shutdown play over, over when he puts on a GB jersey. So yeah, I won't be surprised to see Ferrari in that GB jersey, to be fair, if what we hear about Betteridge is correct.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I'll bring Joe and, and Andy to this one. Um, Josh Waller in the squad, and one player that we've all kind of gone, Yes, like this kid, he's going to do something, should have still wore orange, that should do something, should be at the squad, and he's in the squad. I said, You know, I think we could all agree, guys, that that's a, a
2: pick that is very good. Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, uh, start of the season with Cardiff uh, in the Champions Hockey League, and uh, scoring his well, I believe his first goal with Cardiff uh, in the CHL. So he just shows uh, his, his intentions for the season and uh, going forward in, in the league, you know. Um, started for Guildford. Uh, didn't do amazingly there, but as soon as you put him on, on a contendity like Cardiff or anyone else, he, he just shows what he can do. Uh, and we, st- we saw that during the um, Elite Series for, she- for Sheffield. Um, he, he was really quick. He was creating chances. And, you know, that's... That's how you're going to develop people in this league. Um, there's a lot of people that are, that are in um, teams like Dundee, Fife, Guildford mm-hmm. um, that have a really promising future. But if you give them the the chance to compete at a higher level, they're um, not going to let you down. And uh, Josh certainly hasn't done that. I mean, he's got 22 points in 48 games this season. Um, I'm, every time we've seen him, he's, he's, he's definitely been... One of the better players for Cardiff for the season in terms of breaks. Um I, I, don't, I, I just think he's an all-rounder and he can play in, in any pretty, any pretty much situation. So yeah, it's a great pick for Pete Russell to have chosen him for the squad.
0: Look, we've we've all seen him. We all, we, Dave and Andy, you, you and I all said we we wanted to see him in orange after seeing him in the Elite Series. Fantastic player. Um, it makes sense on so many levels. I mean, you look at his stats in fairness, compare his stats to Ferrara who didn't make the cut. And in fairness, it, it seems an odd one. If you look at stats alone, 49 points from 52 games for Ferrara. Waller got 22 from 48. So we're talking less than a, you know, 0.5 points per game this season for Waller. So if you compare the two just on that basis, seems a bit of a bizarre one. There's one thing that Waller brings to a team. He's a little, basically he's a little Duracell battery. He carries on going all the way through shift He's one of the faster guys on the ice, and in fairness, when we're playing up in the division that we're playing up in, in the World Champs, we need some speed on that roster, and he's certainly a faster skater than we've seen Ferrara. The other flip side to this is as well: we talk about making picks that, that maybe seem a little bit left field, but, but when we look at it and we go, okay, he's been chosen for experience. Maybe this is the—I mean, you know—the opposite. This is his first. This is his first call up to play for GB, not at the, you know, above or at a senior level. He's 22 year old. You know and and in fairness we talk about the likes of you know we go on to like the 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 full GB roster and we talk about the likes of Jonathan Phillips we talk about the likes of Mark Richardson we talk about the likes of uh of Matt Myers and the amount of games that they've played. And in fairness, what better for for GB right now than to have a player at 22 years old already getting the experience to play in this division? Because in five, ten years' time, when we're still trying to compete to stay or to make it back into the top division, we're going to need players like Jonathan Phillips, Mark Richardson, Matt Myers. And if we're starting players already having that experience at 22 We're definitely going to have that in abundance. If we can get him in this year, we can get another couple of players in like that. Oli Betridge isn't old. Josh Tetlow isn't that old. Let's get those players in there now. Mix him in with the players with the experience. It's a no-brainer to me on a number of levels. As I say, the speed that he brings, the age, I just think it's a cracking one. And in fairness, you play in a team like Cardiff or you play in a team like Coventry. Coventry finished eighth. Cardiff finished Third. And, that, and that's no disrespect to Coventry at all but you know you look at the Cardiff roster there was a lot more experience on there and to be fair if we were seeing Josh Waller put the same points up as Luke Ferrara on there the first question on our mind would be well what the hell was happening with the likes of Brodie Reid Cole Samford because though, you know Josh Waller isn't getting those points like Ferrara got if Brodie Reed and Cole Samford are putting up the points that they for this season Coventry rely on Ferrara Cardiff don't rely on Waller uh, and you
1: mentioned about having uh, the experience of Myers, Phillips, Richardson. You're probably talking 270, 280, maybe touching 290 caps for Great Britain at senior level alone in them three. So you're absolutely right, Joe, um, to have them like... And you mentioned young players. you also Lewis Hook, um, another youngster. Um, and yeah, you know, we know that these players are... You know, Phillips is... Jonathan Phillips has probably got maybe two seasons left. Same with Matt Myers. Richardson's not going to be long. You know, we need to, to find him. And I, th- I agree with you that that experience, having the youngsters work with these players, learn what they do to get 100 caps. Yeah. Um, but it's something interesting that Andy said, uh, in terms of giving players a chance and they'll make it. I want to mention two players in the reserve list who I feel have, have been given a chance, taken it, and why they're in the reserve. It's Brian Priest and Brandon Whistle. Now, I mentioned Whistle first, and apologies to Gref, but look at Joe and Andy. When he first played full-time for Sheffield, there is no way we would have thought that. There is absolutely no way this kid's ever going to get a sniff at a national squad. But credit to him for the work he's put in, and he's now a completely different player. He's had some time in the NHL with Telford and Leeds, and his latter season performance with the Steelers has shown
3: Leaps and bounds. Why we were talking as a wild card for the squad? Yeah, as um, he's, and
2: he's really proved his worth. Brandon, uh, you no, know, he he first came to us with with Jackson, um, and he, you know he, he wasn't in, in the best of shapes. Uh, didn't really put up um, the performances that I, I think that that we. Knew that he could have done, especially given his time in North America. Um, so, obviously, we, uh, didn't sign for the following season. Uh, spent a bit of time with Telford and then Leeds, uh, dropped a lot of weight. And his first game for Steelers, you could tell it was a different player. He had more of an edge about him, he, he was quicker, and um, it, it made really good hockey sense and, and decisions and um, it's really proved him uh, really well this season uh, just goes to show why Fox has is, is, is given more chance, to, more chance of playing and, and and not just on the bench most of the game um, he, he's been as far as having second line I think he's played a few times this year for Sheffield so it just shows a commitment that he's put in and the rewards is obviously making the GB list even though if it's a reserved list I think one of the people, the first forwards called up. If one of forward does get injured or can't make it, I believe he may be the first person to come to because you know, he's he's been lighting up the league in the in the uh an IHL and for Sheffield is, he's been doing amazing. Absolutely amazing. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if he is in that in that um final lineup. And he's well deserved as well. Um yeah, just fantastic for him. Yeah, honestly, from the first time
0: he stepped on the ice in Sheffield this year, it, it, he was definitely a different player. Andy, like you said, he I, I I don't think it's unfair to say. When he first came to Sheffield with Jackson, he was overweight. He was overweight. He wasn't he wasn't the fitness of a player that we needed playing in the elite league. And we tried to rely on him as a player a lot more than we, we actually initially tried to this year. Which seems a bit backwards when you look back at it now. Because he already came in this season in much better shape. And I remember seeing him when we first came in for shirt launch thinking, Jesus, Brandon Whistle's lost some weight. Brandon Whistle looks in good shape. And, uh, yeah, obviously, you know, he, he plays his time in Leeds and, and what have you. Makes his way up on. And, again, and, we've spoken before about the, the the import limit. You know, there are, diff- there are different people with different opinions. In my opinion, the import level brings up the level of the Elite League, which means that actually the level that the Brits need to play at is is a lot higher. And it, it seems counterproductive to say it, but actually the imports help the Brit level more push up. Now, the low import level in the NIHL, in my opinion, is one of the problems in terms of the development of Brits. Because actually the gap is so huge, because there's only a couple of imports playing per team in the NIHL that the Brits don't get the experience playing against the higher level players like they do in the Elite League. So all of a sudden, there's this huge gap. And then all of a sudden, somewhere in limbo in between these two leagues is Brandon Whistle, who spends most of the first part of the season playing in Leeds. And then all of a sudden, he gets a game in Sheffield, he takes his chances, and then we're dropping the likes of Tommaso Traversa. We're dropping an import that actually came in and made a good impact. It's not necessarily on the scoring sheet, but I think at least Dave, you and you, I and Andy, we were all sitting there going, "Why is Traversa not on the game sheet today?" Do you know, it wasn't like he was a player that we were going, "Now oh, forget about him, he's rubbish." Do you know, he was a player that we were actually going, Do "You know what? Why is he not on the roster? <laughs> he's been dropped for a Brit," and it, 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 it's just baffling to see. And that's the thing, and I think that shows. That you see the players and it's no disrespect to them, but you see the players that don't want to put the effort in to make it up to the elite league. I'm not going to name any, it's not fair, but you see the players that don't get the game time, they disappear, all of a sudden you don't see them playing an elite league jersey again. And then you see the players like and Cole Schouder's another one. Cole Schuder literally would do anything he could to pull an elite league jersey over his head. He went on loan to MK He went to Coventry in the Elite Series. He takes every game he possibly can when Sheffield gives him the opportunity. He will do anything, because he knows one day he'll be on a league roster. And right now, he's happy to do the legwork to do that. And that's like Brandon Whistle. And Brandon Whistle's done a hell of a lot of legwork. The games that he's come into, it reminds me of Liam Kirk. The year that Liam Kirk... In fairness, we've said it before. Firstly, Paul Thompson gave Liam Kirk the chance to actually put himself out there. Secondly, Liam Kirk got lucky... To be given the chance. And that's no disrespect to him. Liam Kirk capitalised on some bad injuries for the Steelers. Without those injuries that season, he doesn't get the ice time. He doesn't get scouted. He doesn't end up where he is today. And that's, that's taking nothing away from him at all. And that's the exact same thing that Brandon Whistle did this season. Granted, it didn't come with the scouting and the NHL draft. But what he did was he got given the games that he got given. He took his chances. And by the end of the season, he was being chosen over an import. And if he's not raised his stock in this league and if there is a single elite league team that isn't having Brandon Whistle on their shopping list this year, I would be baffled.
1: I agree with you with that one. And Gref, we'll mention uh, Baron Preece, Um Again, took advantage of injuries with Van Morrison. And you kind of say, oh, he's, making his, he's getting a, a, some full-time starts and everything. And he's very much not only done himself proud as in his performance, he's got an 8-6 record, but helped Dundee Get a decent positioning From at one point not sure making the playoffs And it's actually due to the performances of Brian Priest So again another person Take advantage and you've seen him obviously With Manchester play Dundee and, that. and obviously we did When he beat us twice back to back But you know Another player that's done the hard yards And got some just reward Definitely I mean I wasn't going to mention The
4: back to back defeat for yourselves We'll do it it's fine But yeah <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's well. He played for Cardiff kind of Devils youth team as a kid. Went over to Ontario. Went to the WSHL for Utah, and then came over. Pretty much, as some people in the league, it was just an unknown player to play for commentary Blaze. In eighteen nineteen, didn't play at all.
3: Then Pasha was like, "Yeah, come on, play for me." Obviously, played one game there.
4: Didn't look too great. And then, so he took it to everyone, didn't play. And then this season, he he's come back. He's come to the squad and he's just gone, you know what? I'm not just a bench warmer. Here's what I can do.
3: And the games he's played in, wow. You, you're looking at it and you're like, where's that person been hiding?
4: And yeah, he's it give, he got given it's just it's got given a good result there with saying, yeah, we'll put you on our reserve list in case bounds or whistle or to get injured. And yeah, it's quite happy when we saw the name of the list we were like, you know what, that's a good
3: shout. We all said that. Yeah, we definitely did. Um So I I'll open this up to everyone. I, I
1: like the squad. It, it excites me on a number of levels. It's the youthfulness, the speed, the experience. You know, you've know, you got the score over Conway that will obviously miss Kirk. Um, and obviously Hammond uh, in DL2. Germany 3. Germany 3, my apologies. Um, either way, still doing a good job. I mean, we aren't knowing the squads, obviously, who are going to be up against. But I think this is going to be a squad. And I'll put it to you, all, all three. We're not just there to make numbers. We're going to do... S- Something that, you know, maybe on par of what we did in Latvia. Fingers crossed we do. I mean, hopefully
4: it's a good trip over there for uh, well myself, yourself, Dave, and to Stratford as well. Maybe next time, Joe. Could win a lottery. You never know. But yeah, I'm looking, to be fair, looking at the looking at the list itself, looking at the reserves, I'm looking at one player in particular, obviously a Manchester player, not Dallas, but Joe Hazeldean, 21 years old, left Panthers to get regular ice time, and he's shown, that's shown that he's like, yep, yeah, we've got regular ice time, could be on the reserves list, especially for a, a team that's let in over the season, 210 goals, and he's only a minus eight, at 21 years old. And he's, not, he's missed four games last season. That's probably it. I'll
3: definitely take that.
2: Yes, it's, it's looking very promising. Um, realistically, I can't see us doing a whole lot of, we don't, like we have done in the past this year. I mean, Liam Kirk is going to be a massive, massive loss. I think Connor's going to be a massive loss. Um no one Kirk was a driving top scorer um, at last world championships and um, you know, that's a massive achievement and I believe for that he got um, uh, his shirts and stick in the Hall of Fame in Canada because of that um, I, I read that somewhere anyway I think,
1: I think there is some items yeah. in the Hall of Fame
2: yeah yeah so, yeah, that's great. Uh, but in terms of scoring wise, I don't think we'll be as good this year, but I still think we can, we can challenge and, uh, uh, at least do a little bit of damage in the table, even if it's not, uh, for, you know, fully benefit of ourselves. I think we'll have some really close games, but I, I can't see us staying up this year, but still, uh, it's a great squad. Um, surprised to see, like you've mentioned, Ferrara, uh, in the reserve list. I've definitely taken him over, over Lakovic. Uh, and one player I'm surprised that didn't uh, even be in reserve list is Joey Lewis. I mean, um, you look at Mike Hammond, uh, who has been playing in, in the DL3. Well, Joey Lewis has been playing in the DL2 for uh, quite a few seasons, uh, recently for ESV Kofbjorn. uh He has 36 points this year in 49 games. And DL2, I'd say, is about on par with the Elite League. And very surprising to see that he's not really had much of a much of a sniff um, this season. I know he's not played uh, for GB since 2018-19, but I think it served him a shot this year. But it is what it is at the end of the day, and you know, still, it's a squad that you know is 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 good, uh, can do something special, uh, and yeah, just just really happy with that experience there. Well, we look at his squad, it's got the staples of a
0: PB squad that we'd expect over the last five years. You've got your, you know, as taboo as he is to mention in the Elite League right now, you've got your Ben O'Connor, you've got your Mark Richardson, you've got your Ben Davies, Robert Dowd, Jonathan Phillips, Matt Myers, but then you've also got, you know, your newer players coming through. Sam Jones played a very good season in Sheffield on defence, really, really come far from when he was playing for five the previous season. Um... You know, Josh Tetlow did fantastically at the last World Champs. Um, done a fantastic job in a Panthers jersey over the last couple of years or so. Uh, Betteridge, absolutely outstanding. And if he is on that roster, as we say, if there isn't, if there isn't any issue with him being on that roster, oh my God, do you know, he's, he's had an outstanding year. Conway, outstanding year. This squad has got a lot of potential. Um, do you know, one player that we've pretty much, if not at all, mentioned this season, other than when we've been talking about Goldies? And he's the player that we'd have talked about a million times over the season where he's still in the Elite League, is Ben Bounce. And I'm going to read now from 2012 to this year, and bear in mind one of these seasons is with COVID. From 2012 to his first year in the Elite League, 48 games, 52 games, 51 games, 52, 46, 51, 60 games, 46. Granted, only 21 last year, but because of COVID, that's understandable. This COVID is the, and injury. COVID and injury, yeah, fair point. This is the first year where Ben Pounds is coming into this GB World Champs point, and he's not been absolutely saturated with games. Because usually, he is the absolute backbone of that Cardiff team. And if you're a Cardiff fan that disagrees with that, I appreciate you've had Haddad, you've had Martin, you've had Hotham, You know, you've had some big players on that roster, but he has been the backbone of that team for so long. And you could lose Hotham, you could lose Haddad, you couldn't lose Ben Bounds. And that was the key thing that got Cardiff, the, the league wins that they got. So now to actually think about, we've got this roster that's a combination of, of, of age and experience and a combination of youth and speed. We've got a decent team, defensively and offensively. We've got the same goalie that was turning heads, year after year, as Who is this goalie that's come from the Elite League that no one knows about? And now we've got this same goalie having had a couple of years, one granted with injury, a couple of years now playing in international leagues, not playing in the Elite League. So already he's probably been exposed to a hell of a lot more goalie coaching than he will have been in the Elite League. And on top of that, he's played 25 games because he shared the net. If that doesn't excite you what this team can do with that goalie fully fit and not Absolutely exhausted after a 55 to 60 game season, then it surprised me. Do I think we'll stay up? The skeptic in me says no. But when you see this roster, you know it, it is exciting, and I think I think that's the key thing. Like you know, when, when you go into this as GB, you you as as daft and as harsh on ourselves as it sounds, what you don't want to be seeing is 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 absolute blowout games. What you want to do, even if we drop down next season, is we want to come out of this tournament going, we put up a decent fight, whether we go down or not. And in fairness, this team has every potential to at least put up a decent fight against every team they come up against.
1: I'll add one bit to what you said, Dan. That's an absolutely fantastic point to raise. I think, and I'll look at Grefg for clarification, at the end of the Slovakia tournament, I think Ben Baums are closer actually because the stats you were saying games wise was just league ones. Yeah, I think yeah, they probably, were, yeah. Closer because of Challenge Cup playoff CHL, closer probably hitting 80, 90 games because he started the vast majority of them. So when you look at that and like Joe says with the number, it's like and I think we actually mentioned what would it be like for have Ben Baums not have spent and he broke records? He turned heads. I mean, the last World's at Slovakia. Sorry, that last, the last one that we was at uh, in Slovakia when we first played the first game against Germany. The German commentator was saying, "Is this Ben Baum's or Ben Bishop?" And that was the level of. It does
0: usually injury.
1: Well, you know, there's a link. Um, but that was the at, the at the off the level of compliment that you know seasoned commentators were giving to, to Ben Baum's. So. I didn't even think of that. If I'm honest with you, about the lack of games because obviously Chevigné
0: has not just been the starter and rinsed. Yeah, that adds a little bit. Yeah, it just suddenly. Do you know the only reason it dawned on me was because I was looking at the list of players and I thought, Jesus, we've not even mentioned, <laughs> other than rolling through the players, we've not even mentioned a player that we would have mentioned hundreds of times throughout the season if he was still in the elite league. And I just, it just suddenly dawned on me, and I thought, oh no, I wonder how many he's actually played. And I saw it, and I was like, half of what he usually would. That is just – that's huge. Bring it on. I know yeah. going into
4: Slovakia, we were all like we, – we're mostly
3: probably going to go down here. You know what? As the saying goes, dare to dream. Dare to dream. Dave, you are on I'll try. I was pressing <laughs> the button. It's like, it's not pressing – yeah, absolutely
1: right. Day to dream. You know, we did it against the F-word. <coughs> Excuse me. In that view, we wouldn't have gone down. So, you know, who knows? And then whatever it is held the year after, because no one knows now. Um, but you know, who knows? Fourteenth of May, the first game against the Czech Republic. It's going to fly around, and it's going to be like right. The business end of year. I'm looking forward to it. And in fairness, I think any GB fan, whether you're in Finland or at home,
0: should be excited for this, of the potential of what they can do. Yeah, 100%. 100%. We've got anything else on GB, boys, or we, uh, we draw a line under it for now. I mean, in fairness, we're going to see a lot less Elite League. We're going to see a lot more GB to talk about, anyway, in fairness, over the over the coming weeks, I'm sure. So, we'll draw a line under that. Um, the next thing I've got is playoffs. So, in fairness, I think realistically it's pretty much a rundown of the matchups that we've got and then a conversation that's probably going to ruffle some feathers as it has done already across Twitter um, in terms of ticket prices. Um, so, it, go now because you mentioned playoffs. What's playoffs? Right, so, Gref, so playoffs is the bit that happens at the end of the season for teams that are actually good. Um, sorry, or should I say, not low level teams. No Dundee fans were offended in the making of this podcast. Um, High no, actually, that's, that can't be confirmed. So actually, I'll take that fact away because that's not a fact. <laughs> um, so the matchups that we've got, we've got Guildford v. Nottingham, Sheffield v. Dundee, not a fan of that one, Coventry v. Belfast, and Cardiff v. Glasgow. Boys, I'm going to jump in straight away on this. If you can't see some dark horse results from this, now the only one that I can absolutely... 100% say in my heart Is going to come out the way that I think Is, is Belfast commentary. Because if anybody can see and don't get me wrong Coventry have got the potential in a the team They've got CJ Mott between the pipes All he needs to do is pull two games Two games But with the team that we've seen with Belfast And let's not forget they're smelling blood They are on for a grand slam This isn't just, this isn't Cardiff or Sheffield Fighting for their only bit of silverware this year This is Belfast on for a grand slam so they're going to be off our of blood side. So for me, that one goes the way of Belfast any day of the week. But Guildford Nottingham, would you actually put a bet on that game? Because I wouldn't. If I had an accumulator, I I wouldn't be putting that one on it. I think I'd be putting it on Guildford. I I think you're right. I I think the 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 Panthers have just kind
1: of gone into ascendancy. It's, it's like up. yeah, it's. it's and I'm saying this as as neutral as possible, being a Sheffield fan. As much as we, as a Sheffield fan, enjoy seeing the downfall of the Panthers, but if you,
0: for as the, I'm sure, they enjoyed seeing our downfall at the end of the exactly, season. Exactly. So as they enjoyed seeing us not win the league. Um, never mind, Nottingham. Oh, by the way, congratulations, Belfast. I Think I said that last week, so you know. We
1: we we, we got it in, don't we? Um, eventually. Uh, but um, they're just undoubtedly it's just it's like a snowball effect with Nottingham. I and of all teams to come against probably Guildford's the worst one that they could have got up against.
0: They just need the wheels on the bus playing behind, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> Something
1: like that. But if
0: you look at the uh, goals against,
1: they're like, so like 188 against, and they finish fourth, and it's like, that's a uh, ropey, ropey fourth. Yeah. So, 191. Was 191.
0: What's three goals against amongst fans? i am I, sorry, I, I put i put Guilford as favourites for that. Uh, no, I 100% would. Well, all right, I'll tell you what, gents. we'll do this straight away. We'll do this straight away, because in fairness, I, you know, I don't think there's much that we can really analyse from each, each match-up. I think, in fairness, Guilford Dun- Nottingham are probably the one to actually break down the most. Maybe Sheffield Dundee. Um... I'll throw this around everybody and we'll, we'll see how this matches up because what I'll do afterwards is I'll top up the the aggregate scores that people give for predictions and see if anybody says one team will win but then actually think <laughs> the other team will win on aggregate. Um, so, Guildford, Nottingham, who are we going
3: for? I'm going Guildford both nights. I generally do think Guildford will do it. We'll break down predictions and that. We'll, we'll do
0: that in Sorry. a bit. I, you know, it's just...
3: Yeah, I'm going to Guildford as well. I'd go Guildford first leg. Like. What about the second? What do, is it? Who do you think will go through to the semis? You're you are on mute. And
2: you manage to I'll mute yourself and then talk. Then. <laughs> <laughs> just I'm not, just shows sure not with it. I think Nottingham will go through on aggregate. I think they'll make. I think they'll make it up at home. I'm going Guildford on that one. Uh, Sheffield Dundee.
0: Hate this. Hate this. And I what's like making
1: That's it. It, what's making it worse. They're coming down on the Friday night.
0: They're yeah, taking like that one backfired. <laughs> but in fairness, they still have to travel twice. Yeah. It still makes sense, but
1: Yeah, you know, and this is where what teams should be doing. Friday night, go if you're playing away, you got a bit of travel, go. Let, well, that's what actually we should be seeing a lot more. Not this ooh, one off.
0: Of all teams just tell I me didn't, right I, did, I, didn't want, I didn't want them no I absolutely said this only one,
1: looking at the, car, uh, no, no. the Dundee oh, game
3: and going oh it's Coventry
1: not. oh we've got Coventry in the quarters oh no it's Dundee oh it's Coventry I remember saying to me mum watching what a sporting event of some description. oh we've got Coventry in quarters no 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 it's
0: not Dundee and i will go back and forth and I'm like oh god I don't want I, Dundee I, want Coventry. I was watching when we were playing Belfast and on the Friday and I, I was asked like oh Steelers losing I was like I don't care I'm not bothered. What do you, what do you mean? You're not, you're not bothered. You're a Steelers fan. I was like, yeah, I'm, watching, I, I'm keeping an eye on the Dundee score. It's, like it's currently 2 0 Dundee. 3 0 4. Okay, now we're all right.
1: <laughs> I think, as a prediction, I think Sheffield will go through. I think the home team will win but their respective home games. And I think we'll just. It's a sneak in. It's not a blowout. It's a one or two goals. It's close. It's. I'm not going to like it. I'm not. I'm not looking forward to it because I think it'll be very close. Dundee have had, had Sheffield's number a few times this year, and yeah, it's, it's possible. Is there every chance Dundee could do the, the business and head to the final four? But I'm going to go by a, one or two goals, Sheffield. just
0: I'm going to say you guys are going to need private health insurance. <laughs> Actually, hold on, sorry, it's... let me just, before you carry on, Gref, Gref isn't allowed to chime in on this, because two months ago, Gref said, Sheffield, we're going to win the league, and look at how that went. so Gref, I'm, in fact, I'm going to mute you from the chat. Yeah. <laughs> and Joe sorry. has the authority to do this,
1: it's not like a parish council thing.
0: You don't have the authority. Neither did she, apparently. No, she didn't. But Joe does. Just cut in the cut, cut in the South Park, Just
2: respect my authority. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Jackie. <laughs> what? <laughs> Where did
0: the Friday night dinner <laughs> come in? Was well, it called Jackie, isn't she yeah. Sure, oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah. yeah, fair
3: enough. Okay, yeah, it was tenuous, Weaver, but it? yeah, I'll give you that. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I just
4: gonna say you need you'll need private health insurance because I think it is going to go to on the last game. It'd be OT on the second leg. And I think it's going to be you guys. No, no that's getting put so, out. That's getting edited out. So
0: thank you. So Dundee fans, you can thank me later. If they, do you know what, boys, Dave and Andy, can we just agree on this now? If Dundee win, oh, after that, Gref is officially off the podcast. Retirement. <laughs> not even waivers. It's a... not retirement. <laughs> just terminating the contract. Done.
1: Contracts. It's, it's going to
0: start it's, a subsidiary podcast called My Not So Fancy Van Zamboni.
4: It's where you go, we've made a trade. Gareth has gone on the free agency to no one, and
0: Ash Rolls is coming. You're not even going on free agency, mate. We're just going to try and make you clear waivers.
2: So it's not like a P&L Ferries thing, then. <laughs> it's not done on Zoom, it's done on Skype, mate. <laughs>
0: On that note, let's move back onto the hockey. Um,
2: Andy, who do you think? Um, I think, given the depth, I think Sheffield will go through, but only just, and I mean only just, literally two goals in it. Because, like everyone's mentioned, Dundee have been our bogey team all season. They've picked up four points with their backup net, who's only played his first two games. Uh, and, as I'll mention later on, there are two Dundee Stars players in the top five top sc- top point scorers' table this season. I mean, who would have thought that? Who would have thought it? So, yeah, but it depends who turns up on both nights, but I, I think Sheffield have, have got the depth all around to um, to close the both games out. So I'm going to go Sheffield by a couple of
0: goals at most. Was I the only one out of us three that when I saw that we got Dundee said words that I can't repeat on the podcast? No. (laughs) Because I I saw it and I was like, oh, I think I went through the whole repertoire. Yeah, I was like, oh, I didn't want that. The only thing was I didn't want Coventry either. I didn't want Coventry either. And Coventry did the playoffs a few years ago when they had the not-so-great season. Yeah. So I didn't want Coventry either. To be honest, I wanted Guildford. I think I'd, 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 I'd have taken Guildford. Yeah. I didn't want Glasgow either, realistically, because we've had some bad results against Glasgow. Basically, we've just played really badly over the back end of the season, and uh, I can remember less bad games against Guildford than I can against Glasgow, Dundee, and Coventry. So um, uh, I don't want to answer this. You go. All right. <laughs> I'm definitely muting him now. Oh, remove from call. <laughs> Uh, I'm going Sheffield But I agree with Dave and Andy I think it's going to be close Maybe a goal Quite glad that the second leg's in Dundee So I don't have to sit in the stands feeling sick Like I did against Belfast in that second game
1: yeah,
0: um, I don't think the second heartbreaker would have been I, I, I couldn't do that Honestly, that game, two goal reviews What What is that? <laughs> what is that? I was pacing... Joe, Joe Shire's moved about five seats up, so I'd got room to, to pace on the back row. <laughs> I think I think
1: a few of us were pacing in that game. I know I was back and forth, just the same again stuff that we can't repeat on this podcast, just because the nerves was And I think had we had the home game
0: against Sunday I think it'd have been just yeah. as similar. I, I genuinely agree. I genuinely agree. Uh, I also think the first game gives us a good. If we can get a decent lead at home, we kick off well against them on the Sunday and I think uh, there's a lot of people complaining that we have the first leg because we've done it before in Nottingham because Nottingham couldn't get the ice time and so we've kind of bent over and and let them whereas this time actually I think it actually makes a hell of a lot of sense I I saw one person
1: who complain that we should make it even as possible and that the lowest ranked team should have the home game first blah de blah and I'm just like no just no You've earned the right to choose when you play your home game And in fairness Sheffield Given how they've played against Sunday I feel And in fairness I think any team Supporter will look at Sheffield-Dundee Would probably agree That playing home first is the best option for
0: Sheffield Let's just hope We'll be singing to the stars At the end of the game on Sunday You can shove your playoff semis up your ass. That's the hope that's the hope. Let's just hope it's not the hope that kills you. That's true. That is true. Uh, commentary belfast gents. Uh, I suspect I know which way this is going to go, but... I think even if CJ Mott turns up and Joe. Belfast
1: just have a little bit too much. But again, commentary home game. You know, if they, get, if they somehow get a 2-3 goal lead and they just throw five men in defence for 60 minutes... I can't see it, but you never know. But I, I'm, I expect Belfast to make the, the playoff weekend. Likewise, I
4: expect them to make the playoff weekend.
2: I also, think that Belfast will get to the playoff weekend. Get out those brushes, because I think they will
0: make it to the playoff weekend. We've got a sweep. Uh, Cardiff, Glasgow. Said that very weirdly. Don't know why. You should say Cardiff. I did. And then I said. No, Glasgow. no. When say
1: to make the final four, sorry. I said, I've just got this nagging doubt that they're going to crumble up in Glasgow.
0: The dog has exploded enough.
1: Yeah. You know, and and the coach's sister. Let's say no more. Um, <laughs> I, I just I have this feeling that Glasgow's going to do the business in the second leg, and they're going to make the final four.
0: That sounds like a song by the Zambonis, that, doesn't it? The coach's sister, say you no know
3: more. <laughs> so yeah, I'm going Glasgow. Yeah, I'm going Cardiff. I'm also going Cardiff, but again, it's going to be a close close series. I am also going
0: Cardiff. But I agree with you. This is what I mean. The only one that I would actually say, hand on heart, I fully believe is going to happen, is Belfast commentary. I watch it be the other way around now. Nottingham, Sheffield, and uh, <laughs> Nottingham, Sheffield, and, uh, and Cardiff will all go through, and it'll be Belfast that ends up out. But you know, it's it's the way our predictions go. Um, yeah, uh,
3: I, I'm 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 going Cardiff, but I, I think it could go either way. Um, anything else on the matchups, gents?
0: I'm seeing blank faces, so we're going now. Um, we spoke. Ooh, ooh, go on. No, I was saying nothing on the matchups, but other. Oh, sound. Oh, yeah, we're going on to the other bit. Don't worry. Don't you worry. We're we're covering this gem. Um, we've talked about the costs. We've talked about the fact that none of us are going to the games. Um, and then you see it. And I don't think this is. I don't think this has been a thing before, has it? Individual game tickets. Day tickets. Sorry. Yeah, there's been day tickets. Has it been day t- oh, I've never needed to look before. I've but always,
1: they've I've always been. been at the same time as the weekend tickets.
0: And the best bit about this was we could see how empty the arena was. And half empty is is not even an exaggeration. The arena is half empty. Uh, to the extent where, I mean, uh, the top tiers could be covered in curtains right now. <laughs> it's, it's, it's good, in fairness, it's, it's not good to see from a perspective of you want the best for the league. It's good to see from a perspective of so many people have gone, now. Nah. And in fact, for me, one of the biggest things, it wasn't the cost of it. The, like, you know, it was an extra, what, 10, 15 quid for us. It wasn't that for me that was the problem. The problem was on top of everything else. You're doing the same price for concessions and kids, and no, it doesn't affect me. But at the same time, there's, there's got to be a point where you look at that and go, "That's that's not that's not right. <laughs> there's there's no part of that that's fair." And I quite like the fact that a lot of people have done that and have gone, "Nah, you can shove your playoff finals up your ass."
1: Yeah, um, never made sense. Uh- a
0: 26-year-old or a 36-year-old pay the same as a 8- eight- or 9-year-old. Yeah, cents. Exactly. So, we now have individual day tickets confirmed, and we now have some fallout on Twitter about the price of it, because it's now £55 plus £2.50 arena fees, not the £3 conventional ticket master fee, um, that can be purchased for either Saturday or Sunday. There is no option to purchase for individual games, and a lot of people are kicking off, and I just find it hilarious because did anybody honestly believe that these tickets were going to be less than half of the price of a, of a full weekend ticket? Okay, there you go. You've all paid 120 pounds for the weekend, but now actually you can go you can go to the Saturday for 20 quid. Like it was never going to happen. What were people expecting? I think you've just described. Hockey Twitter there. Elite League fans like,
1: <laughs> yeah. I was going to go Hockey Twitter But Yeah it's, They started selling And they've obviously Had sales They were never going to Make a different price Because they'd have the kick up And rightfully so Yeah um, I mean it makes Actually it's cheaper now For a Sheffield fan And a Cardiff fan And I can't remember The other team who had An arena fee And then a handling fee So it actually is now Cheaper for them to buy The weekend pass uh, Just two different days
0: Um handling fees for playoffs I'd prefer to pay a handling fee to Hermes <laughs> that's that's genuinely like I'd, I'd take less objection to paying delivery and handling fees for Hermes to deliver a parcel and hang it on someone's front door handle than actually like I agree with you that um,
1: I agree with that I just hope I mean I think you're looking at three and a half you look at blocks you know you look at Sheffield I mean, three weeks before the weekend, and you can still get row B, row C. It's a of.
0: Rumour I has it I the don't... memo is going around for everybody to go fancy dresses, blue seats, right now.
1: <laughs> well, the other one was to to try and buy the uh, cardboard uh, cutouts for the Elite Series and uh, put them in, just so it looks uh, a bit more full. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, why are I don't know why this a the one you know the shock that it's the same price. It's yeah. Idiots. You're not wrong
4: there. Um yeah, it's you're looking at it, that the picture that made the rounds of how many tickets have been sold and you look at it and you're thinking, Oh wow Even worse, I think the Manchester box probably sold about fifty tickets. The five block is probably yeah, the only yeah. sold out that as well. And then you look Why is that at Griff that, You look at teams that have made the playoffs, there goes coming to yeah. it. And then they're still not even sold out on their allocations. You're thinking, Wow. Within then like the first what the first week of playoff tickets going on sale, it's normally all sold out. Mm. It's what, a week before playoff weekend? starts and you're like yeah I can still go and get a front roll seat. it's yeah it, it kind of shows it there it's like think like even an ex-GM of the of, of a team in the league even he tweeted saying yeah they, they failed to read the room there definitely that's just appalling and people are thinking yeah they're gonna they're gonna make the prize in, a lot lower. Maybe even not 20 quid, like 40 quid or something. It's like, can't really? They've only made one mess up, now. they're not going to make another one. Mm. It's not
2: dops. It's it's just ironic that the league advertised the sport as a family sport, but yet can't do family, family value tickets for an event like this, like they have done in the past. And I just found that very, very weird.
0: Hypocritical.
2: Yeah. Especially after, after a COVID situation where everyone's been expected to, to buy in, by the webcast while doing that Elite series, to only see a you know, a handful of teams of what, what we're used to playing in it for literally a month, two months and that's it. So it's just a massive slap in the face to all of us really. That and there's just there's just no justifying it. I I think it's that bad. They should start putting in the the dictionary now underneath ironic, elite league, family sport, and then ticket sales for playoffs because it is just, it is just ridiculous. I mean, you can't expect, you know, some, a toddler, one, two years old to, to watch the game and then expect them, obviously it'd be the parents, but in theory, expecting them to pay the same price as an adult ticket is very stupid. Next minute, you're going to say they can't pay for chips because it's all contactless. Exactly. Nobody fought their children in this, did they? But, um, <laughs> you, know, you just can't make this stuff up, really. And I think the fans have, have, have done great of avoiding it, uh, showing the a message that, you know, you can't treat us like cash cows. You no, know, it's, it's just stupid. So, uh, thankfully, most people have stayed away. But obviously, the people that, that, probably have got a lot of money and can afford it, fair enough. Uh, but, you know, the rest The rest of us, you know, it's, it's, it's just not fair. So, yeah, uh, credit to fans for staying away from that one because that is a shambles, absolute shambles. Do you know what the biggest thing is? It's a big, massive slap in the face, isn't it?
0: It's a huge slap in the face. We've all been there year in, year out. Gref turns up every year for playoffs with no expectations of making playoffs at all. You know, we've all been there when we've not made it. It's not a great feeling, but you go, you get plastered, you support team bunkers, and you have a good time. Like, and the worst thing is, you go regardless. You don't buy your tickets thinking, are we going to get in? You buy your tickets thinking, this is going to be an awesome weekend. And after all the support of... However, I mean, we must have been all been going for... I, I don't know. I mean, I think I'm probably... 10 plus years, you guys are probably more. And I'm like, you put the money in that many times for playoffs to then get... Oh, by the way, we're now just going to try and milk you for as much as you could pay. Eat, eat. It's a kick in the balls, isn't it? And, uh, you know, it is. And I think that... I, I agree with you, Andy. It's great to see that people have actually gone, do you know what? We're going to stay away. The upside is, at least they'll be able to maintain social distancing in the arena. Rumour has it next, you could pay £40 have your face in the crowd instead for those people that didn't want to pay the money for it. So... Every chance. Is that your face going in the crowd. It's not going back in the crowd. Good, you know? I still can't get me head around this. Andy pays for you. <laughs> and then I am the one that ends up in the crossfire and you put me in there.
3: It's where we all chip in for Gref to be in the Fife end. Yes. I will pay for that.
0: And then Go I'll for it. Up, I'll end up back in the Nottingham end again. <laughs> exactly. I could have nothing to do with it I could have even not been in the conversation I'd still end up with the more than the Nottingham end um, yeah no honestly gents it's a slap in the face and it's it's great to see so many people have done that and like I said the, the outrage to the half price tickets is ridiculous if anybody thought they were going to drop below half the price of a day ticket I, it's, it was just never going to happen the, the The Elite League have just slapped everybody in the face and got its 120 quid or whatever for a ticket. (laughs) Can you imagine the slap in the face for the people that still paid it? Oh, by the way, everyone who decided they weren't going to pay it now gets to pay 20 quid less for the weekend because they decided they weren't paying it. So actually, we're going to reward them now. 50 quid each. There you go. Stupid. Honestly. Anyway, we'll file that under ironic, as uh, as Andy says. And... uh, yeah, anything else on players? we'll move on. Because honestly, we we could go round and round in circles talking about how stupid this is. I'm seeing shaking heads. Uh, I'm going to throw it over to Andy for Stafford Stats and then we'll finish on predictions, gents. We're currently on, a, on an hour and 18. This is about three weeks where we're going to dro- drop under two hours. So, unprecedented.
2: Good going. Yeah, f- for the final time this season, uh, the final league places have been decided. Saturday over last weekend. Uh, yeah, of course, we have in first place champions Belfast. They finished with 88 points. In second is Sheffield with 81 points. In third, Cardiff Devils with 74 points. In fourth is Nottingham with 55. In 5th got Guildford with 54. In 6th got Glasgow with 53. In seventh is Dundee with 53 as well. Uh, in eighth, negative final player position is Coventry. Uh, they have 51 points and just missing out on 40 points is Manchester. And sorry, Graf. Yes, sorry, Grace. Uh Just below in 10th is with 37 points. And as I mentioned earlier, um, a big change in the top point scorers uh, for the first time in quite a while, to be honest with you. So we've got JJ Pichnish, who, of course, has been outstanding all season. He finishes with 80 points just behind him. Uh, again, Belfast player Scott Conway. Again, he's been on fire. He has 78 points. Uh, climbing up the table is Dundee's Charlie Combs. He has 65 points. Again, uh, Belfast has Mark Cooper with 62 points and the fifth place, another Dundee player, Sebastian Bengtson. He has 60 points. Uh, going to the goalies, Matt Carruth, uh, is the top goalie of the season. He has 2.16 goals against average and 93.67 goals against. Let me just stop you there for a second, Andy. It's just something yeah. that I've realised that we've not mentioned.
0: I don't, no, it's not go- something we could necessarily talk about. You've just said Matt Carruth, and I've just remembered that it's actually been confirmed now that he's not returning for next year already. Um, just thought I'd mention it when you said Matt Carruth, and he just suddenly pinged in my head like, oh, we didn't say that. Sorry, carry on.
2: No, it's okay. Totally forgot about that, to be honest with you. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, very surprising uh, before the playoffs is going. Uh, but fair enough. Um, so in mm-hmm. second, we have Talabeskarani. He has 2.18 goals against average, 92.3 saves against percentage. Uh, in third, is Rock who had a great end to his season, to be honest with you. Um, he really pulled out of the bag, uh, didn't get the results he wanted to in the end, but still did really, really well back into the season. He has 92.53% saves against average. And in goals against average are 2.4. Uh, then we have Jackson Whistle. Um, he has 91.71% go- uh, and his goals against are three goals. And then lastly, uh, Shane Mott, uh, sorry, Shane Owen replaces CJ Mott uh, for the last position with 91.2 and he has 3.2 goals against average. Imagine like a
0: hybrid goalie between Shane Owen and CJ Mott. I mean, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Just as you said, Shane
2: Mott. Then I was like, ooh, can you imagine?" Um, and uh, Greg Owen. <laughs> Greg, <Look at> <laughs> yeah.
0: Greg Owen and Shane Mott. Um, yeah, gents. Straight into predictions then. Um, Saturday
3: the twenty-third, Guildford Nottingham in Guildford. Guildford four-one. Guildford three two. Guildford four two Guildford three one. Sheffield Dundee in Sheffield. Sheffield five one. I hope so. Mm. Sheffield, 4-2. Sheffield, 5-3. Sheffield, 5-2. Uh, Coventry, Belfast in Coventry. 3-1, Belfast. 4-1, Belfast. 4-2, Belfast. I'm agreeing with Greth, 4-1 Belfast. Uh, Cardiff, Glasgow in Cardiff. Cardiff, 3-2. I'm going Cardiff, 3-0. Cardiff, 4-1. Cardiff, 3-1. Uh, Sunday the 24th, Belfast v. commentary in Belfast. Belfast, 4-1. Belfast three two Belfast three nil. Da 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 Belfast five two Nottingham Guildford in Nottingham three two Guildford. Three two Guildford yeah, I go with that. Nottingham four one. Um, I agree with you too actually. Guildford three two. Uh, Dundee Sheffield in Dundee. Dundee three one.
4: I've gone Dundee 3-2 But this is going to be an overtime
1: Let's not have any overtime talk said, Let's just not do it
0: Why would it be an overtime?
1: Because it's
4: 4-2 then out of 4 two the
0: before, So then Oh 3-1 yeah, so yep. yeah, yeah 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 I'll edit that bit out i <laughs> uh,
3: go Dundee D four three. Dundee three two. Uh, Glasgow Cardiff. Glasgow twin four two but the fourth goal being overtime. Say that, that again, sorry. Glasgow four two but it'll be an overtime winner. sound Uh, Glasgow 2-1 Glasgow 3-2 Cardiff 4-3 that's it gents that is it Uh, so prediction is done
0: Um, anybody got anything else to add in fairness I think we're, we're pretty much ready to stop we're just about under the hour and a half mark
3: Apart, apart, from, apart
0: from socials now? Apart from socials. At MSF Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. My Fantasy Zamboni Podcast on Facebook. And My Fantasy Zamboni Podcast Discussions Group. If you want to join that page as well, you should be able to do it through our page. If you can't, drop us a message and we'll get you added.
3: Any more for any more? No? Well, Dave. Thank you very much, sir. Um, let's hope that Gref hasn't put a kiss of
0: death on the Steelers. but... Yeah. Let's hope.
1: Indeed. Now, thank you, Joe. Um, thank you, Ander. The level of thanks I'll give Greff will depend on how Sunday night goes.
0: Um, <laughs> we'll edit it <you> and- <laughs> afterwards. <laughs>
1: yeah. So I'll give it to no, Andy. Now, thanks, Greff, for uh, uh, back of fire. Um Thanks to all those listening. Um, I hope you enjoyed this one. Pretty good one. But uh, now, cheers, guys.
0: Cheers, pal. Um, yeah, we're going to do an alternate ending on this one. If, if Steelers don't make it through, there'll be, a, there'll be a My Fancy Zamboni episode 96 alternate ending. And that'll be where we all just slag off Gref for 20 minutes. Um, Gref, thank you very much, sir. I think we'll see. This might be edited. <laughs> thank you very much, uh,
4: Joe. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, staff. Dundee fans, you're welcome if it happens.
0: Wrong podcast.
3: Yeah, uh, you're very welcome indeed. <laughs> Wrong podcast. That was <laughs> oh, that it. Oh right, okay. Sorry. That was it. Um,
0: <laughs> Andy, thank you very much, uh, Feel free to say thank you to next door's cat and and whoever else.
2: oh well Don't worry. Uh, thank you, Joe. Thanks, Graff. Thanks, Dave. Uh, thanks, for everyone listening. Listening, and uh, thank you to Malcolm Cameron's dog, who's unfortunately no longer with us. Uh, but uh, thank you.
0: This is a serious part of me that <laughs> wants to ask if it was kicked too many times and it exploded. I believe that was a case, yeah. Um, yeah, no, thank you, Andy. Um, uh, I wasn't expecting that, but yeah. <laughs> You're very welcome. <laughs> Wrong podcast. We're going to start with this. We're going to go down a rabbit hole. Of we're available? There we go. Thank you very much. <laughs> now, Jen, thank you very much for being in. It. It's been good to get back behind the mic. again. get apologies for last week. Um, but yeah. I just hit my microphone (laughs) randomly then. Uh, Yeah, no, gents, thank you very much. Thank you to everybody listening. Uh, Another episode of My Fancy Zamboni, and I know exactly what you're wondering. The answer is yes. The shop is still open.